What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Avalanche podcast. We got Rudo and AJ coming to you live on a Friday at the end of July. Look, I think we've talked a lot about the Evs defense in terms of Devon Taves, in terms of Kale McCarr on the other end, guys like Jack Johnson, guys like Sam Malinsky even. I don't think we've talked a ton about Bowen Byram. And there's a very real possibility that he ends up becoming a significant part of this defense. I mean, he's already a significant part, but we could be talking a key piece for the Colorado Avalanche for the foreseeable future, let alone this coming year. AJ, let me let me start here. Can Bowen Byram have a healthy season? Can we start there? <laughs> uh, I mean, in theory... Yes. Uh, in reality, we'll see. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit of uh, something. Something Byram needs to to accomplish this year. Yep. If you're looking for reasonable goals, that would certainly be one for Bo. There are still plenty of things up in the air. Obviously, with this defense, Devon Taves on the last year of his deal. Will he stay? Will he end up going to free agency? That decision could have a significant impact on where Byram projects going forward with Colorado. Obviously, if Taves walks, it seems pretty easy to slot him in on the top pair next to Kale McCarr. If he doesn't walk, you know, we'll see how Taves plays, but. It's safe to say it's difficult to break up McCarr and Taves if they're together, AJ. Yeah, I mean, you are talking uh, what Devon Taves has been over the last uh, handful of years, uh, since he got to Colorado, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it, he has been a top 12 defenseman in the entire NHL. They have uh, one of the absolute strongest top pairings in the entire league. Yep. Uh, and that, I, I think that that's, it's very, very hard to break that up. Especially like when you get into a postseason and it's just like, well, there's something to be said for balancing out your lineup a little bit and moving a guy as good as Taves to a second pairing. Especially when you have a really, really good second pairing between Gerard and Byram, 
you can mix and match pretty freely and have sure. and have a second pairing that would be top pairing caliber on a number of teams, maybe even a third of the league. Yep. So, you know, you you do have that temptation, especially with Byram as young as he is, and you want to see him kind of step into, uh, you know, step step into a bigger role, a higher impact role. To be honest, if he does that this upcoming season, um, the the conversation surrounding re-signing Devon Taves gets harder because yeah. Byram Byram's only on a two year deal, and if that guy if that guy has yeah if that guy has the kind of big season that he's capable of giving eight or nine million dollars to Devon Taves for the foreseeable future could make it very hard to afford Bowen Byram moving forward. So I should say moving forward one more time. Um, it's really, it's really going to be a fascinating development for Byram this year because they, they have hitched their wagon to his future with, with Kale McCarr. Yeah. But whew, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I, I think I think it's probably one of those X factors this year beyond health, obviously. But, you know, in a, in a lineup full of question marks and obvious risk and reward all over the lineup, if he stays healthy, he needs to take a real step forward because his on-ice results have not been good enough the last couple of years. They just haven't been good enough. Um, we've seen flashes of them, but his, his bad games... He still, fair. he still needs to develop, a, more than anything, he needs to develop the consistency in his own end. Because yep. when we've seen Byram at his best, he absolutely rules defensively. But when he is not having very good nights, he very quietly, and you know, his age being one of the reasons, um, and just him be happy having him in the lineup is another one, I'm sure. But uh, when he has a tougher night, he very quietly hemorrhages scoring chances and specifically high danger chances. That's a really big concern. Um, you know, I know Gerard gets from the fan base, Gerard gets the burn for, oh, he's useless in front of his net and he can't move anybody. But Byram gives up more scoring chances and high danger chances. Uh, at a, at a higher rate than than Gerard does, so it's it's a concern that that's an area of his game that needs to start to develop. What what is the projected role there for Byram? Because in a world where he's playing on your top pair, in a world where Taves maybe is gone, does he have to play both sides of special teams? Is he your second unit power play guy and one of your key penalty killers? At the moment, I think that he probably is. Okay. Um, if if Jack Johnson and Josh Manson are there, they have to be valuable PK guys. Because if of those course. guys can't PK for you, I mean, girl, what, what are, are they doing? doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Devon Taves has been one of the very best PK defensemen in the NHL the last couple of years. So, yep. I think um, uh, I think you've got three of them right there. That fourth one, though. That's I, I would the, uh, <laughs> I would probably prefer Byram, but 
I very quietly, I'm, we've talked about this before. I don't know if it's my first choice, but we've seen Gerard produce really solid on ice results. Yep. Uh, as a as a PK guy, and Byram has not. So, I I think for right now, I would say I would like to see him Do in both. that role. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, doing doing both. Uh, I also think that it's good preparation for him as a top pairing defenseman. If he's playing on yeah. the second units, it's not an unreasonable ask for him to just increase that time on top units. If he kind of ascends into that Devon Taves role. Um, whereas if he's not playing on that unit, it might be a bigger ask to move forward and say, hey, we want you to. All of a sudden, you're playing four minutes a night on the PK. Yeah, exactly. So I do think uh, I do think that this a um, this is one of those um, all situations type of players that you really do want to be comfortable every second or third shift. You want to throw that guy over the boards. Hey, go get him, man. When you look at Byram's role at five on five. How do you end up describing that? Because you look at a Taves, and realistically, he's the defensive guy on the McCarr pairing, right? McCarr's the guy who has free reign to do whatever the hell he wants, but Taves still finds a way to be a 50-point guy on that line, right? So, I mean, Devon Taves has plenty of full send in his game. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's weird to call him the defensive guy on that line, but it's true. Is that something that you can reasonably reasonably expect Byram to get to over the course of the next season? Can he become a guy that is reliable enough to put next to McCarr in all situations? That happening would be, I think, transformational for Colorado's certainly this year while they have Devon Dave. But for the future... Being able to essentially replace Devon Taves uh, with a with a younger model and maybe a higher end one because I still think that there's plenty of belief certainly between the two of us that at his absolute best Bowen Byram is a top ten defenseman in the NHL. I if he peaks, I don't know if he'll win one, but he'll get a significant number of Norris votes in his career. Yeah, I do think that. Um, as great as Devon Taves has been, seeing the the support that he has, you can already see the Kale McCarr effect of yeah. people will take away credit. It or it has already happened in our own chat. Yep. <laughs> uh, people will take away some of Devon Taves's credit, or maybe not take away, but question how good he really is playing next to Kale McCarr. Is oh, is this a product of playing next to such a, such a special player? Um, where it, you know, as a, it, it's kind of a sideswipe at how special that that guy has been on his own, uh, because Devon Taves has been elite, and we think that, you know, where Bowen Byram's career should be headed, it's pretty good. Be, it's um, pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I'm for me, I don't think it's unreasonable to to, to believe that he ends up as a Miro Heiskanen caliber of player. Where he's not quite as good, he's not quite as good as Makar, but he's fantastic. Yep, not transcendent, but definitely yeah. elite. Yeah, in that uh, I would say that you know this this next generation of defensemen, 
uh, you're looking at. I think I think it's gonna be Kale McCarr and uh, Adam Fox as at the, the top two, trading notices. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe Rasmus Dahlin breaks into that this year, but then after that, it's either it's it's a you know it's Dahlin and Haskinen and oh, Quinn Hughes, you know, on, on and on and on, and and I think Byram should move into that caliber of conversation this sure. season. That's that's what I'm looking for from him. Is um, this is not a guy, and like if if he if he doesn't and he stays right about the same level that he's at, he's solid. You're disappointed, but he's, he's perfectly fine he's, on your second pair. Yeah, like you, you end up with a good NHL defenseman, just not an elite one. Uh, but there, him taking that big step forward, oh my god! I mean, that's the kind of thing that that keeps a team elite because they find, you know, yep. everybody loves to talk about Tampa Bay, but they they make their first Cup run because of the triplets in 2015. Yep. You know, it was such a revelation. And then these last cup runs, it's it's the rise of Brayden, Brayden Point and Anthony Sorelli. Sergachev on the back end, bus. sure, yeah. Exactly. And so that's that's where you're in the, with Byram, he helps ex- just, just extend that out, that opportunity, yeah. that feeling of, okay, well, this elite player, he's so young, you know, he's... He may not fall off. We might have a decade of runway with this guy as an elite player. You know, next to <laughs> next to a guy that's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday in Kale McCarr, you're like, ooh, like this is great. Who Kale McCarr, by the way, also pretty young. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not super concerned about his aging curve yet. Yeah. So. But that kind of that kind of top pairing, if you have that sort of certainty over the course of, of just say a decade, um, even if it's even if it's just like conservatively, we'll just say it's five years, um, it it can help manage the aging curve that we are going to start talking about with Nathan McKinnon, and yep. if his career does resume, Gabe Landeskog and Val Natushkin, like. Those guys, those guys, aging curves, and because they are signed until the end of time, will be bigger topics of conversation moving forward every single season. Byram taking a big step forward helps mitigate whatever losses they might have from the aging out of those stars up front. Well, and the way things are timed out with these contracts is <clears throat> Byram, and to a lesser extent, Makar. He's a bit older, but also Makar should be hitting the primes of their careers as those forwards start to age out a little bit. So you may get a, be getting the absolute best out of Makar and Byram as you start to fall off with guys like McKinnon. Yeah. So it, it will be interesting to see exactly how that all lines up. Uh, this is a total tangent, but something I've been thinking about lately because I've been watching the World Cup. If there was a hockey World Cup, do all three of Makar, Taves, and Byram make Team Canada? Right, right now, no. Just just Makar and Taves. Yeah, okay. certainly. All right. Um, I would say that conversation a year from now could be very different. But you know, to temper to temper all the optimism, we said the same <laughs> thing a year ago. Yeah. So you know. 
it's very important. Uh, the results have very to show. Important. Yeah. Yeah. It's very my, the the bow show needs to slide into prime time. There you go. Just tweet win every seven hours on Twitter. That's how you become prime time, right? That's how that works. Uh, anyway. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery, who has done quite a bit of winning themselves when it comes to awards for their American whiskey. Uh, it's like seven years in a row that they've won the best whiskey. So you should probably go try it because it's absolutely delicious. Uh, their Breckenridge bourbon is the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. Uh, they've been around since 2008. They call themselves the world's highest distillery because they're up in the mountains. And because it's in Colorado, I mean, we smoke a lot of weed here, but you know, we'll go with the we'll go with the mountain conversation. Uh, they're most widely known, as I said, for their whiskey, but they do have plenty of other options, including vodkas and gins and things like that. So they have something for everybody. Uh, they're actually a nine-time winner of the best American blended whiskey uh, at the World Whiskey Awards. So if there was a World Cup of whiskeys, they'd be winning it. The Breckenridge bourbon would be the kale mccarr of whiskeys is what i'm trying to say uh so go check them out if you haven't uh again they're available across the country so it's not just the colorado thing you can find them at your local liquor store uh, or you can go to breckenridgedistillery.com today and you get it delivered directly to your house it's award-winning liquor delivered to your house check it out available in all 50 states today again breckenridgedistillery.com to learn more about them and put on your shady rays when you go up the mountain to uh, enjoy Breckenridge Distillery. Sun's bright up there, so you're going to want to protect your eyes. Shady Rays has a tons of different kinds of sunglasses, whether it be polarization, styles. If you're a skier, snowboarder, they even got goggles for you to wear. So go check them out at shadyrays.com. Use the DNVR code when you check out and you get two. There you go. Yaya's wearing them. One of us came prepared today. Uh, you get two or more pairs of sunglasses from ShadyRays.com. Use the DNVR code. You get 50% off your entire order. So give that a go. There we go. I got I got the words out of my mouth on that one. Uh, ShadyRays.com, or if you're local, they have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall here in Colorado. Go check them out. They have over 250,000 people who have given them five-star reviews. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. As you're starting to do the math on this defense, AJ, where do things start to shape up? Because you you talked about Bowen Byram and Sam Gerrard as a second pairing. We've talked a lot about how, uh, you know, we'll see if the Avs decide to go with the Josh Manson, Jack Johnson third pairing, or if you would really like Jack Johnson as a number seven. How much opportunity should Bo have to hit some of these marks that we're talking about? Is this a full reins are off? Bo gets every opportunity in the world this year, or is he going to have to go out and earn some of that? Um, I mean, I think some of this will depend on how a guy like Taves does play. We okay. saw more bad nights last year from Devon Taves than we had seen previously. And that's and so like if there were five of them. Right, but if that five <laughs> turns into ten for this sure, year, for sure. then, you know, you do want to start to say, okay, we need, for those ten nights, let's just say, oh, let's talk about those ten nights. What's, what do you do? If you're Jared Bednar and 
it's obvious from the first period that Devontaves doesn't have the A game. Yeah. Do you break it up, and then do you give Byram that? You know, assuming Byram isn't also just throwing grenades <laughs> all over the the, the place. <laughs> you know, uh, I think the obvious answer is you put Byram there, and you you kind of use Byram as almost a top pairing safety blanket, or okay. as as your message to Devon Taves that he needs to wake the hell up, that he needs to find his game, because. You know that's a that's a valuable piece to have there, but it's not one. You know, coaches coaches have guys like that like constantly. For sure. Yeah, uh, you watch Bednar do it with his veteran fourth line all the time. <laughs> exactly, but but coaches, you know, coaches all over the league always have like, if you ask thirty-two fan bases, who is your head coach's like safety blanket guy? Yeah, that he kind of just turns to. This year it'll be kind of interesting because JT Comper is gone, and so Jared Bednar is going to have to find a new one. And I'm really hoping the answer. I'm really hoping the answer is not Andrew (laughs) Cogliano. But it's with Byram, like because he has the kind of ceiling that he does. He I do think that he could do. He could serve in that that kind of dual function of. Yes, he does make your second pairing very good, but also if this dude, if this dude's having a really good night and Taves isn't, or if he's just having one of those nights, yep. think back two years ago to that game against Columbus, yep. where he just looked, he was so nasty, and then he had he had two goals in that game, uh, to or I think two points maybe. Yeah, it was two I, goals. It was the yeah, the, it was two goals. Yeah, he like dragged the Evs back into that game, and they still lost yeah. overtime, but. And that's like that's going to be a big part of that value for Byram, I think, on the defensive end, is he can do that. Um, looking beyond it, I mean, I still think uh, I still think there should be some sort of temptation to go Gerard Manson, Byram Malinsky, you know, something like that. Maybe, you know. B- Maybe swap Gerard and Byram there if you would like to. And well, have it be. I, as we've talked about, the pairings are always fluid. It, it probably would be a better measure of saying, "Hey, you're giving Byram 18 minutes a night or whatever the number ends up being." But yeah, yeah, that's just. Um, I think I think that's that's and like if. Jack Johnson is not the sixth guy, and Sam Malinsky wins the job in in camp or whatever. Like that could be a that that I think I'm almost interested in that where you don't have a true like hard third pairing. You know, you're hey, we're gonna throw these guys out for 14 or 15 minutes a night, and it's it's between like you said, it's between 16 and 18 for four of these guys. Yeah, it you play the hot hand more on any given night, sure. I I could see that. I, I, honestly, at a, at a certain point, you're almost asking Byram to develop into the guy that, no matter who you throw him out with in the bottom four, is he's the guy, right? And he kind of yeah. carries the depth of your defense for you, regardless of it's Jack Johnson or Sam Malinsky, doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think I think if you know next to Gerard, you're at the moment you're talking about equals. Yeah, I would say for now. Um, 
but you are hoping that he just, you know, continues on the upward trajectory. Yeah, I, I, you would be lying to yourself if you didn't hope there was a higher ceiling there with Bo. Uh, what he yeah, actually gets to, sure. of course, you have to wait and see. But I, since you brought it up, I do. Yeah, but I. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, I, I just wanted to bring up, since you're talking about Gerard and Byram as equals, I forget. Are you a fan of the 3D PP2? Or, yeah, you're fine with it? <laughs> like, in, in lieu of a clearly better option. Um, you know, last year, last year they certainly didn't have better options. Yeah. Um, I do think, assuming health in your top nine... You probably have a better option than that. I I would like to see um, probably more of Gerard and Byram take it over from Taves a little bit. Okay. Um, I would probably start to say I would I, I would like to see a little bit more of that uh, balance in Taves' minutes. Uh, take away some of that power play from him, but uh, we saw last year with Makar out that Taves was the guy that moved up to the top power play. So I, I would say uh, it probably isn't realistic. Go that but way. As, yeah. a, as a personal preference, I would, I would like to see it a little more. And the one thing I liked about the 3d alignment is that they didn't, they used Byram essentially as a forward. He, yeah. He didn't, you know, they moved him down on the half wall and set him up for one timers and it was not a uh, it was not like they had like three out high or whatever so um you know i i like that because it it does kind of build around what byram i think is probably best at on the blue line behind Makar, which is yeah. his shot second best better shooter than anybody else's Agree. It, I, so, his one timer might actually be better than Makar's, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a real possibility that Makar doesn't score on very many one timers, so um, it's not really his bag. Yeah. So I think um, I think that's certainly a. I, I think that's fair. So it's you're kind of getting into this conversation that gets hard to shake out exact roles for everyone on the abs defense below Kale McCarr. Because yes, you have Devon Taves who's who's McCarr's pairing mate. You're just running with that until he has an off night and then it's we'll see. Well, You're running probably Gerard and Byram unless you want to switch it up and throw Manson up there. You don't even know if Jack Johnson will be in the lineup. You don't. It could be Sam Malinsky. It, it feels like there's going to be a lot of fluidity this year beyond the in-game Bednar mixes up the pairings. It feels like on any given night, any of these dudes could be the guy that they're relying on. Is there a limit to that? It, it, at a certain point, does it become the Alex Newhook conversation where it feels like you never really gave someone an option to find stability? in their game or do you think this is all, all stuff that these guys can handle? I think it's all stuff that they can handle. Um, I mean, I think that just being a part of a six person defense instead of a 12 person, it's a whole lot less court, people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just makes it, it makes finding a role and finding a rhythm and especially the way that they use the defensemen. 
uh, where they, you know, Bedner uh, and Pratt so frequently will mix and match combinations throughout yeah. games where you'll see, you'll see the, uh, at some point everybody plays with everybody except for the one, you know, the one pairing, you know, that, that gets <laughs> six seconds of ice time or yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, something silly. But um, yeah, no, I think, I think that it's, I think it's a, a group that can, that can handle it, you know, whether even, you know, even if that's a, yeah, I think they can handle it. Yeah. <sighs> this question is kind of weird, but we've seen, and uh, all right, let me preface this first. Georgiev played very, very well for Colorado last year. I think they're pretty happy with what they got out of him. Now that there's a full year of him in the AV systems, does there start to be more adjustments? Is there more of Georgiev saying, hey, I want my defenseman to be doing this, that, and the other thing? Do you start cleaning up some of that? No, I think that happened. It's already done? Yeah, I mean, I think okay. that's what you... We talk about the adjustment for goaltenders, and it, we always say, hey, by December. Um, yeah. Or, sorry, by January. Like, you should really start to be... You know what you're doing. You've, you've played games now, especially for a starter... With Franco's um, having another decent length injury stint last year, Georgiev ended up getting pushed into uh, Lots probably of games, more yeah. games, probably more games than the Avalanche were expecting, and so I think that that stuff has been ironed out. Okay, especially, especially because all of the defensemen uh, who are going to be on Colorado's certainly Colorado's top seven right now, counting <laughs> Curtis McDermott. Yeah, were around for a significant enough chunk of last season. Yep, that they, I think that's all ironed out. And if their only adjustment is sliding in a Sam Malinsky or a Brad Hunt, I mean, Hunt even was here last year enough, or a you know Gianni Fairbrother, then you know we'll see. <laughs> is is there some damage lit limitation that can be done there as? Can the Avs do a better job of not getting themselves stuck with the Sam Gerrard having to try and win a net front battle, things like that, that they can improve upon? No. It's just going to yeah, happen I sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's just how the game works. You're Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yaya's zooming in on AJ's forehead for a second. Yeah, there. that was that was <laughs> really intense. Um no, I, I I think that that's just the nature of the game, man. Sam Gerrard's just going to lose those battles, and he has okay. to. If I'm Sam Gerrard, I go back and I watch the film from last year, and I say, holy shit, there were a lot of goals scored from way out high that I couldn't do a lot more about. Uh, but um, maybe the one thing he should be he should be trying to consistently work on a little bit more is trying to tie a stick up and not provide as many opportunities for tips. There yeah. weren't a ton of those goals last year. My, yeah, I agree. You're, you're, you're looking to try and min-max your game <laughs> in <laughs> any way you can. Um, so I would say, I would say that would be the next step for Gerard is he's not going to, he's just not, he's not ever going to yeah. be able to out muscle he's guys. He's not going to push yeah. anybody around. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, I I think the next thing for him is hey the the same way that he has his entire life, you know he knows he's not going to win very many board battles by by bodying guys. So he became a master with the stick, you know he's he's a very very effective player, uh, you know poking pucks loose and 
you know, lifting sticks, you know, the little things like that. He's he's great at that craft. He just needs to probably add that element a little more consistently in front of his own net. And then he needs to get a little luckier this year because I think the abs in general could do with a bit more luck this year. I, I, I mean, in Gerard in, in particular, when I wrote the piece on him last year, it yeah. was really eye-opening for me to go back and look at it and just say... How cursed it can, was, yeah. Yeah, like, you can look at it, and, like, there are certainly some, some cases where you're like, wow, Sam, like, that's not good. That's yeah. bad hockey. Like, you earned that goal against. But there were, you know, the people that were obsessed with his plus-minus could never accept <laughs> the fact that... There are plenty there of situations where Ben Myers is punching the puck into his own net. <laughs> like, like there was an element of randomness that was really hurting him. And when I when I put together that compilation of all the goals against you, what you noticed was, look how many goals are being scored from out high. Where you're looking at Alexander Georgiev, and you're like, really, man? Yeah. Like you're you're letting in wrist shots from the point that aren't being tipped. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it things like like something like that, uh, to to answer your original question, no nah, man. I mean that's just you're just you're just gonna have to live with some of that. Uh Georgiev's just gonna have to get a little better at that part of the game. I I do want to continue the conversation of evolution of games though and get back to Byram. Yeah. I think maybe the one thing that you were talking a lot about last season that the ads were lacking at times was physicality because of the injuries to Josh Manson. He wasn't able to provide that aspect. Is is this a role that Bo and Byram can step into a little bit? Can he add a level more physicality to his game to be, you know, I don't want to call it an intimidating presence, but the type of guy that dudes look up and they don't want to chase down the wall to go after a puck against. Yeah, like, uh, Bowen Byram's never going to be, like, a Nikita Zadorov type of presence yeah. on your blue line, but um, I don't even know that he'll ever get to a Josh Manson level where Josh Josh Manson knows his strength is, is in his ability to just physically wear yeah. guys down, yeah, uh, to a cost uh, opposing <laughs> players. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Byram is more of, like, your your... I think he's just kind of a prick on the ice, you know, where he <laughs> more pesty like, than like actual exactly, physically yeah. abusive. Like, yeah. Like, like he's got a little bit of that. He's, he's just got a little bit of that. Like he's just going to, he's going to chip away at your sanity. Lots of needling of going on. Yeah. But he also, he also like, yeah. Like if you put yourself into a position, like he'll, he'll rock your shit, dude. Like he's the the one thing about Byram and Makar is they're not known for their physicality, but, but they they're not afraid it. of it. Yeah, exactly. And if you go and you look at their NHL careers, there is a decent little compilation, a decent little highlight reel that you could build of them just bodying fools. Yep. So like the that's that's I, I think that's an area of Colorado's defense that at, at its at health is a little underrated. Sure. Um, because because Devon, you know, like. Devon Taves can can be physical and is a physical guy along the wall, but you he know, doesn't just, blow people up. Yeah, right. Like he's not. He Colorado doesn't have uh, the, their closest thing to that like classic old school enforcer is Josh Manson for sure. Yeah. But outside of outside of Gerard and especially 
if we're talking McDermott and um, Jack Johnson, all of the guys, the all of the non-Sam Gerrard defenders on the blue line have are, an element of physicality that is present in their game. Certainly perfectly capable basis. of it, yeah. Yeah, and, and they aren't – it's just – it's not a soft defense. It's not an easy defense to play against between their willingness to engage and then their skill level. It's not an easy group to go up against. Yeah. You know, uh, Gerard, Gerard is really the one guy where you're like, hey, physically, he's overmatched. So do you want six Sam Gerards? No. But one is just fine, yeah. Yeah, uh, one, is, one is fine. You might even get away with two if one of them is, like, super skilled. You know, uh, like a Quinn Hughes, like, that kind of guy. I mean, I think it'll be an interesting conversation with Sam Malinsky there if and when he does get opportunity. Not that he's, like, tiny, tiny, but I don't think there's going to be a big physical aspect to his game. Yeah, and that is, I think that, that could be one of the concerns that Colorado would have with, putting him into that lineup on a regular basis is yep uh, is your bottom four too small now yeah yeah like is it it, you do worry a little about it getting 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 a little Um, Mm samey and you don't you don't ever like to make yourself easier to play against for sure in that way now i think i think the skill level difference between a guy like a sam malinsky and a curtis mcdermott could be large enough that it's totally worth it if your other option is your defenseman just gets turnstiled every time down the ice then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is where, you know, Megan mentioned it on yesterday's show, um, but this is where Keaton Middleton would be yeah. a guy that might have a priority as a call up. Uh, if, if Malinsky ends up in the, in the AHL with the Eagles uh, and it becomes call up time, you know, if Josh Manson is the guy who's hurt, you may not want it's Sam pretty Malinsky easy to, to- see how Middleton fills that role. Yeah, exactly. Because you are afraid of replacing the one really ultra physical guy that you have in your defense with the guy that won't do it at all. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the question of, well, which guy is just a better player at some point will come into it. You're not just going to sit there and obsess so much about physicality, but it is, it is one of those things, um, you know, in a postseason series, you look at you. I, I think the St. Louis Blues are a really good example of this because where they have gone wrong is that they made a defense yeah. that's just too easy to play against. Yep. It's not necessarily that they're all bad players, but you know, it's Nick, just Nick you look Letty up and Justin Falk, Justin Falk just doesn't aren't. scare you if you're a forward coming into the offensive zone, right? You just don't care about that guy. Exactly. Like Justin, Justin Falk's a good player, and Nick Letty was a good player before he got old and bad. But like, those are those are guys that you, forwards, especially high end forwards, are looking up and licking their chops to play against. Tory Krug to uh, a and, little bit lesser extent, but same thing. Yeah, it, I mean Tory Krug certainly is that way. And one one thing that Krug has always been able to do is, despite his size, uh, he brings an element of feistiness. Where hey, that guy, uh, you know. That guy, he's small, and you can you can body him, but he's you, not going to make catch it him free. on the right yeah. day. Um, and that's that's we haven't we haven't talked about him, but in the in the so we're talking about this year's team, but moving forward, Tory Krug is the kind of guy that you're hoping Sean Barons becomes. You know that that undersized guy with that ultra high level of competitiveness yeah. got that fire. So, yep. 
Exactly, exactly. Where he might be small, but that guy will engage. He absolutely will. Um, so that's you know I, I I do think if you get for when you get further into the into Colorado's defensive depth, that is a uh, it's an interesting element. Are the ad, are the Avs building a defense where the right of passage for Sam Malinsky and Sean Barons has to be fighting Alex DeBrincat? Is that the yes? <laughs> Absolutely. When, when Guliyev comes over in two years, that should also be a thing. They should, like, that guy, when Detroit comes to town, they should be like, okay, you see the little fella out there? Go get him. He's your man. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna need you to body that guy. And then, and then you can be, you can be on the team for realsies. That's the, that's the price you have to pay. Yeah. Until, until then you have to carry all the bags and sticks and everything. You, all the rookie hazing, you know, the, the legal and non-crazy <laughs> rookie hazing can take place. But when you beat up Alex DeBrincat, it's all good. You're part of the team. You're, you're in. Yeah. Blood in, blood out for the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> confirmed. A lot, a lot of blood out of Alex DeBrincat specifically. <laughs> <laughs> well. While you're at it, make sure you're bodying a burrito for lunch from Illegal Pete's. Go check them out. They got delicious burritos, fresh ingredients every single day. They also have a great happy hour from 3 to 8 p.m. You can get margaritas that are to die for. I don't even like tequila, and their margaritas are good. That's how good they are. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get over it. Anyway, Illegal Pete's, delicious stuff, great patios to enjoy on the days when it doesn't rain here, which is some days now, not every day, but some days at least. It's not, Denver isn't the lost city of Atlantis anymore, at least. Uh, Go check them out, Illegal Pete's, delicious burritos, 11 different locations, one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar where we uh, are enjoying our watch-alongs of the World Cup. I don't know. The U.S. should win their next game. That's my vote. Also, just moving on. Just moving on. Also brought to you by FOCO. You can get all of your sports merchandise, licensed apparel, all that good stuff from FOCO. Obviously, the big seller right now are the bobbleheads from the Nuggets Championship. But, of course, you can also get Avalanche ones as well, Nuggets ones, Broncos ones. Even if you're not from Colorado, you get whatever team you root for as ones. They've got pretty much every team in the country. When you go to FOCO.com, you can use code DNVR to get 10% off and free shipping for whatever you order. If you're into Crocs or Snuggies or whatever they're called, uh, shirt, hoodie blankets i don't know what they're called they're they're dope things that you throw on your body when you want to be lazy and enjoy the couch uh they're like half hoodie half blanket i don't know you can get those check them out foco.com it's the way to go to get your uh enjoyable merchandise for whatever sports team it is you follow be sure to use the dnvr code again foco.com third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast Realistically, the Avs defense, number two, number one, is Carolina's better, AJ? I think so. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly with the uncertainty of a, uh, certainly with the uncertainty, <laughs> um, with, with the uncertainty of is Jack Johnson really going to be the sixth guy, third yeah. pairing, opening it up, you know, 
I'm not entirely sure what Carolina's obsession with Tony D'Angelo it's a weird, is. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's a little odd, but uh, no, I do think uh, I do think their defense is is probably better than Colorado's on uh, paper, at least. On, yeah, yeah. On the whole, I think I I like it more. I think um, other defenses that I I think are quite good uh, vegas has a very good defense i think that's probably their their secret sauce that doesn't get talked about a lot you know there's a lot of talk about jack eichel and mark stone and the misfits you know all that shit um but their defense is i think really the uh, the big driver of that success for them you've always and, loved zach white cloud that's for sure <laughs> i mean he's he's really good so you know um I I also think that Boston's defense losing Dmitry Orlov might take it down a level, but man, they are Boston's defense is really really good. So So. let me ask you this then: Can anyone in the Central's defense compete with Colorado's? Uh, I think the two teams that you look at, uh, Minnesota may not have a Kale McCarr-like force. Level talent, sure. But between Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen, they have two extremely good defensive defensemen. Um, and then Jacob Middleton has been a big time revelation for them. We made yeah. fun of that trade when they made it, and that trade looks fantastic for them and terrible for San Jose. <laughs> so um, that's the, the they and and then with Kalen Addison, who I like, and this is Brock Faber's first year. I think Minnesota's got the goods for a really strong defense, and then you do look at Dallas, uh, Miro Haskin, and like I said earlier, that's. That is a that is about as close to a Kale McCarr talent as you can actually expect to get out of a human being. Dude's a number one on um, twenty four teams in the league. <laughs> uh, I'll say it was it was very nice uh, this week. I don't know if you were paying attention to the hearings in Congress about the the fact that UFOs have, you know are a thing. They exist, aliens, yeah. Like like aliens are totally a thing. It was really nice of them to not specifically name Kale McCarr <laughs> so that we didn't have all that extra attention. But we all know what's up. Yep. Uh, and in and in Dallas, they have they have about as good as you can do in terms of an actual human being on Earth in Hero Haskinen. <laughs> uh, and and like Esselandell has always been really good. I've yeah. always been a really big Yanni Hockenpah fan. The decline from Ryan Suter in the postseason is a was big concerning. Concern yeah, it's concerning for them. If that if that continues, or if 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 it was just a bad month, which we've seen can happen, um, that's that's fine. But if that's real decline and that becomes the norm, Dallas's defense is going to take a pretty big step back because. Um, as, as solid with the puck as they are, neither Niles Lundqvist or, uh, nor Thomas Harley are really going to replace that I, element. I don't think Suter Thomas does. Harley's any good just generally, but. Okay. Um, I mean, Hey, everybody's allowed to be wrong every now and then. So, uh, and then 
an, an, I think a really underrated defense, um, not in Colorado, maybe not quite on Colorado's caliber because, again, not having a Kale McCarr type of top it, player. It hurts but, you, yeah. But the the Islanders are very, very good one through six. Yeah, so I mean, they've I always had good defensive depth. I, I think that they are... I think the Islanders are more the are are more deep than yeah. have that high end. I agree, but it's like if you have a low end top pairing and then two second pairings, you're pretty good. Like your defense is pretty good. Yeah, it works for Seattle in the playoffs. <laughs> See, I mean, that's a Seattle's another defense that I think you could you could say uh, is one that you have a lot of respect for sure um i think seattle's is in kind of a prove it especially when it's done i agree but he's got to do it again but yeah and um but but the right you know alexiak larson and uh dumalin are guys who have just been like rocking and rolling doing very established guys yep so yeah and you lose my bay, Carson Soucy, but you replace him with Brian Dumoulin. I think you did pretty good work. Yeah. I don't know why you didn't just sign Carson Soucy, but <laughs> whatever. It was a weird choice for sure, but is what it is. Uh, we do have one the way super that it chat. it played out was, was certainly strange. Sorry, go ahead. No, we got one super chat to get to here. That's all. $5 from Jake who says, love it when you two take time out of your day to make mine better. Can't wait for another exciting season with y'all. I mean, we love it when y'all support us since we do this five days a week, even in the off season, like crazy people. <laughs> that is a very generous interpretation of us doing the podcast. <laughs> yep. I like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, we did get a second one from Tyler here that says, if Malinsky can make the jump this year with Guyev being compared to Gerard, is there a world where Gerard gets traded to keep Taves? Uh, yes. I think there is very it's very easy to look at the avalanche roster right now and if they decide they need cap space gerard's name's got to be near the top of the list to be honest with you the first half of that question is totally irrelevant to the second yep. half yeah i agree yep the world of um the the entire gerard taves dynamic does not hinge at all on sam malinsky sean barons or or miguel Gulliev. i mean just look at the two contracts right Taves is making a little over four. Gerard's making five. You'd love to get Taves re-signed under nine, but nine is probably that breakpoint number that you're talking about in those negotiations. Yeah, the uh, the Avs right now, assuming a four million dollar cap jump, the Avs have about eleven million in cap space right now. Yeah, um, and that uh, that would be they would need to replace four forwards. Because Cogliano, Druan, Myers, and Olafson are all free agents of some kind next year. Yep. Um, and, you know, obviously some of that math, like, hey, they may not need to replace those guys. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, Tabes, but also McDermott, Jack Johnson are also free agents next year that they would have to replace. Yep. And Pablo Francos is a free is a free agent. So, um you know, and all of those guys need replacing. It's not like that's just money out. You're just like, get by, and you don't need them anymore. You're going to need to replace them. So roughly $6 million worth of replacement, not including yeah. Dave's. 
Um, and that's the, the only thing, the only thing where I would say that does not become a major factor is, uh, if Landis Cog's recovery does not go well, his career is mm -hmm. over, you know, you have a magic $7 million. That, yeah. And that becomes $7 million that you're able to use moving forward. Then that's really the, that's really the only thing that would, would keep it from, I think saying, Hey, we have hard decisions to make here. Yeah. Um, this is what we're going to do. Um, other, I, I mean, I think this is, I think the abs will try and wait it out as long as they can, but I think of this is probably out of necessity. Um, if Landis Cog is healthy. It's um, one or the other kind of a situation. This, yeah. Uh, I think it's probably going to have to be Gerard's last year in Colorado. Yeah. The reality of the business sometimes is that's the way things go. Uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get yourself a Palisade peach for summer. Get them while they're hot. The peaches don't last forever here in Colorado. They go pretty quick. So jump on it. Get that. Of course, eight different kinds on tap down here at the bar. If you're a big fan, August 18th, we are doing a live show down at the bar. You can come watch the show live. Come say hi. We'll do meet and greet with everybody who comes down. So keep your eyes peeled for more info on that, on the timings of the show and everything. But August 18th, mark your calendars. Uh, AJ, anything else you wanted to add to today's show? Uh, I was going to hit you with some Fun Fact Friday stuff. Oh, God, here we go. I've got, I've got one fun fact that I will throw at you because I found it out as I was falling asleep last night and it's fresh <laughs> in my brain. And I also think it's cool. But uh, do you know, do you happen to know which movie was the first one to come out on dvd in the united states i had no idea on dvd yeah it's twister <laughs> why right place right time i guess <laughs> oh that's the most random thing i've ever heard yeah I, I, that's I, that's not even going to help me. Like I'm going to forget that, and then it's going to be a trivia question someday. I'm going to be like, I used to know this. <laughs> Come on, you just need to keep in mind uh, it was the movie with the flying cow. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down enough. What? How many? Wizard of Oz, Sharknado. Man, Sharknado really does throw a wrench in it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually watch those movies? I watched the first two and then I stopped. I love that. I love that they uh, like recognized how much of a meme like, they were. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, this is absurd, right? And everybody was like, yes. <laughs> and they were like, great, we're, we're going to make four of them. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it's. I don't know. I think I think something like that where. They just lean into the chaos. Is like respect. <laughs> okay. On that note, we are going to get out of here for today. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us this week. Uh, we are off this weekend, but we will be back Monday with more podcasts, more fun, more awesomeness. Yeah, that's all I got to say. We appreciate y'all, and we will see you on the next one. Mm.
first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.